Hi, welcome back to the What's Up uh, section of the Democrat Gazette's podcast. And I am Jocelyn Murphy. I'm the associate editor of the What's Up section. We come out on Sundays. It's our entertainment section. And I'm in the studio today with Mary Kate Moore. She is an actor on tour with Les Miserables, yes. which opened uh, <laughs> last night. I mean, who knows when you'll be listening to this podcast, but it opened yesterday, Tuesday, June 18th at the Walton Arts Center. So now we've got Mary Kate in the studio with us, and we're going to talk about her role of Fontaine. Hi, Mary Kate. Hi, hi. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Of course. So tell me a little about joining, you know, one of the most storied shows in theatrical history. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure at all. Yeah, no, none at all. It's pretty cool, really. I mean, uh, the stuff that we sing in the story that we're telling is one of the most iconic in all of musical theater history. Um, so it is uh, quite a responsibility to be telling this story to audiences that know the show so well, but we we love it. You know, we have a really great group of people, uh, very talented singer actors over at the Walton Art Center. So come on out and see us if you yeah. know the show, and if you don't, you know, it's it's perfect for veterans and people who've never seen it before. So. Yeah. So what was your relationship with this show and with this part before you joined the cast? Did you see it a long time ago and Fontaine was your dream role? Did it, was it another role? What's, what was your relationship there? Yeah, well, I was introduced to the story when I was in high school. Mm. Uh, we read the original Victor Hugo novel in a world literature class that I was in, and the teacher that I had really loved the musical adaptation of it. So as we were reading the story, she would play clips from the 10th anniversary concert edition, the, the really famous famous Leia Salonga one. Um, and I actually loved Eponine when I was younger, but I, I think that kind of comes along with the semi-naivete immaturity of looking at like, you know, lost love and she's sort of the pop singer of the show too. So I remember really connecting with her when I was younger um, and never really would have thought that I would be singing I Dreamed a Dream someday. but. Um, after many auditions <laughs> for this particular production and ending up where I am now as you know an almost 30 year old woman I really I find the story of Fontaine to be really important um, and you know she's just a cool girl with a lot of spirit and a lot of perseverance and she experiences a lot of terrible things um, but her resiliency is what I love about her so I I feel very honored to be able to tell her story for sure yeah absolutely I remember watching an interview with Anne Hathaway a few mm-hmm. years ago before yeah. the movie came out the most yeah. recent version of yes. the movie and Anne Hathaway was portraying Fontaine mm-hmm. and she said in an interview yeah I'm not the star of the show I'm not the biggest character, but I sing the biggest song. It, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would say that, like, a, a lot of the characters sing some big songs. Oh, but not big physically, just this is the iconic Yeah, song, you know, you thanks know. to Susan Boyle on that, yeah. that TV show, <laughs> everyone across the world knows I Dreamed a Dream Now. So I would say that it definitely is the most recognizable song from the show. Mm-hmm. Um which is pretty cool, you know, to hear the orchestra start to play it every night. It's definitely a very sobering um, and also exciting thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And last night's audience, uh, I don't know how much you can tell from the show, because, or from the stage, I mean, because you're 
in it. Yeah, um, yeah. But from the audience, there was a few ripples of excitement and acknowledgement when some of the bigger songs yeah, started last yeah, night. That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, we, to be honest, we can really only ever see like the red exit signs out there okay. in the house. That's usually <laughs> what we sing to. But we know there are people out there because of the nice responses after the songs are over. So the ripples would be nice to know about. Yeah, <laughs> well, you. yeah, I noticed them. Yeah. I think they were they were a little bit reverent. They were a little bit quiet. You know, it yeah. wasn't like cheers because sure, sure. it's not that kind of show. Well, that's good. <laughs> we're, we're, we wouldn't be doing our job right if, if people were hooting and hollering the yeah. whole time. So. Speaking of that, so, yeah, I don't want to get too much into anything that happens to Fontaine just yeah, in no case spoilers. anybody sure. for some reason does not know the story or hasn't seen yeah. the show. It's not a happy one, guys. You're not going to come away just, you know, cheering. I mean, there <laughs> are some... Maybe it ends on a little bit hopeful note. I would say it's an uplifting show, but it's about real life experiences and life is not always easy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally called the miserable ones. Yeah. So just prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but in that vein, um, how do you get into that, dig into that every night and then walk away at the end of the night and not just carry that weight from the stage with you? Well, you know, I actually, I'm not really a sad person. Um, I would say it's almost like a form of therapy. You know, Mm -hmm. there's just, there's truly an outlet for me to go on stage and feel some very human emotions for a short period of time. Um, and so in a way it's kind of cathartic. Um, and I would say that it's relatively easy to get to that place, one, because because of the music, because of what it is that I'm singing, because of the way the show is orchestrated. It is so emotive uh, and so stirring. So that's probably the, the main thing that helps me. But then also being on stage with a bunch of other very committed actors who because of the roles that they're playing, put me in certain positions that if you're really present in, in the moment with the person you're in a scene with, there's no there's no way that you wouldn't be able to feel the deep, intense, you know, uh, well, sadness. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, I love it. I think it's, it's a little scary sometimes to go to that place, but because everyone is so wonderful, you know, we have a really good time. You, you might not notice it, but we we're, we love being up there. So yeah. yeah, and it's a beautiful show, too. Tell me about mm-hmm. some of the changes. So this uh, show that is on tour right now is the adaptation mm-hmm. that just left Broadway a couple of years ago. Yes. So it's a little bit of a reimagining, mm-hmm. um, which I would think you would need to do with a show that's been around for 25 years. Yes, yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about some of the changes. We've talked about the turntable. That's a famous element. Mm-hmm. I had actually never seen the show before last night, so I had heard about the turntable yeah. but had no expectations yeah. there. Uh-huh. Tell me about some of the changes people are going to see on sure, stage. Sure, sure. Well, the, I mean, for a lot of diehard Les Mis fans, the turntable is the thing that they miss the most, which I find <laughs> so funny that it's just like a, a lazy Susan on the stage, and they're like, where was it? Um, but... I think because we don't have it, our show moves pretty quickly. The pacing is uh, very important, I think, especially for a show like this that covers such a huge epic story. Mm. Um, so we're able to really we're able to tell the story exactly the way audiences know it, but um, at a 
at a pace that moves uh, a little bit more energetically. So that helps us as performers as well. And then uh, I think my favorite aspect actually of the new adaptation is that Victor Hugo, the author of the novel, was also a very prolific painter. Mm. But he hid his paintings away because he wanted his audiences to know him as a writer first and foremost. So uh, those paintings were recovered after he passed away and we actually use them as sort of animated projections in the background of most every set and every scene that you see in our show. Um, so it, it really kind of brings to life his artistry in a different way while we're performing the show that, you know, the story that he created. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you might not uh, know that going <laughs> into it. No, Had you not no. that with us? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what do you want people to know if maybe they have never seen the story before, they've never seen the movie, they don't know anything about it, which I don't know how that's possible at this mm -hmm. point, but you know, maybe there younger are people, audiences, yeah. maybe people, yeah, who just never got around to it. But then also, if there's anything else you want diehard fans to know coming in. So those two groups, what would you what would you speak to those two groups? Sure. Well, for anyone who is a, a lame-is newbie, I would say that even though spoilers aren't great, it's probably a good idea to understand what the synopsis of the show is before you come in. Um, so whether that's getting your hand on hands on the novel and reading that before you come, I mean, it's, that would be quite a feat because it's long, <laughs> um, or just giving a quick like spark notes read. Because the show is entirely sung through, there aren't any spoken scenes. It can be a little easy to miss bits and pieces of the story, or to not quite understand that you know, in in one scene you'll see young Jean Valjean with brown hair. And then we fast forward, you know, 10 or 15 years, and the next time you see him, he has white hair and a full beard, and my grandparents missed it completely. They were mm. like, oh, that's the same That's the same guy, and it is. <laughs> so it's, it's helpful to know that. Um, so that would be my one piece of advice for people who've never seen the show before, is to take a look at what the plot actually is. Um, and then for, for people who love it, just continue to love it and come on in with an open mind you won't have a turntable but you'll have <laughs> the same songs the same characters that you hopefully love if you're a diehard fan so yeah yeah and uh just since you brought it up give us a, just a just uh the elevator pitch of the plot of the just plot a, just a touch of the plot um okay. like i said people people can read about it people can look it up online but since i've got you here yeah just give us a just a touch of the plot sure um so the story centers around a man named jean valjean um from the beginning to the show to the end of it you're sort of following his life story um and when you first meet him in the play he is a convict that is being released on parole but he had been put in prison in the first place for stealing a loaf of bread and he was in prison for 19 years so that gives you kind of an idea of what the social climate was like at this particular time mm -hmm. in 18th century France um, 18th 19th century and uh, so he's released on parole and the rest of the story is about the choices that he makes in order to um, I would say find forgiveness, find a second chance at life. Um, he meets a lot of characters along the way, my character Fontaine included, who teach him the importance of second chances and of 
um, redemption and just the triumph of the human spirit in a time period in history when it was really, really difficult to be alive. Um, so that's that's kind of the elevator pitch. There's a lot more to oh, it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Many <laughs> characters, um, a couple of little subplots and things. Uh, there is some, some brevity, some lightheartedness in the form of characters called... Uh, Tenardier and Madame Tenardier, mm-hmm. um, and so it's not all sadness the whole way right, through. Right, um, yes. Yeah, but I would say that's the the shortest version of that answer <laughs> that I can give you. Yeah. Yes, and so Les Mis is showing at the <coughs> Walmart Center through Sunday. There are seven more performances, but very limited tickets left because a lot of people are very excited for this show. And Mary Kate, where can we find you? Do you have any social media that you like people to check sure, out anything sure. like that yeah i'm on instagram it's m katherine moore and katherine is spelled with a y <laughs> nice <Okay>. and weird <laughs> <laughs> great so definitely check out mary kate there and if you want a little more information we ran a story again no telling when you're going to listen to this so i'm not going to give the date but it's already online you can check out uh the newspaper's website nwadg.com for the story we ran where i interviewed Paige smallwood who plays eponine mm-hmm. which is another part you mentioned that you yes, loved and yes yeah uh-huh. two powerhouse women yep, in the show right. um so you can check out that story on our website check out the walton art center's website for tickets uh like i said very few remain and um you can also find there a couple of engagement opportunities that the walton art center has around the show so uh, Mary Kate thank you again so much for joining us and the show is great it's visually stunning (laughs) Uh, it's very moving Uh, again I saw it last night opening night so it was wonderful and everyone should go thank you thanks for having me